big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for that! Welcome to episode number 18 of The Take with Willie Mason, and we're back in Romania. Yes. What's going on? Number 40. In Romania. Bullet. Romania. We're back. They love us. Very, <laughs> very popular. Romania? Hmm. Interesting. It's a nice place. We'll go there one day. Now, one of the people who is not popular in Romania, and he's not popular in Canberra either at the moment, is the Canberra Raiders back rower, Johnny Bateman. Yeah. So he's come out, I mean, poor old James Hooper, I mean, journos cop a lot, he absolutely hammered him on Twitter at, later earlier in the year, big bald head. Mm, you know. He did give it to him. Now it turns out he was right. Yeah. It's I, a bad look. It is a bad look, but I'm, things, circumstances change really quickly. And I think at that time, he, he, him in his heart of hearts would have been thinking, yeah, I'm staying in Canberra, nothing's happening. Do you know what I mean? That's what I, I honestly think. I think that he wouldn't have went that hard at Hoops because he probably would have. If Hoops had like broken it, he probably would have messaged him or something on the side. Because I think you know Bateman's a he's a man's man. He's not that sort of guy who's going to fight his battles on social media. So for him to come out pretty pretty hardcore at Hoops and sort of shut it right down, I think he's he's he he would have been leaning towards Canberra and staying there. Well, here's a question for you, and you know. One of my great loves in the world is player mm. managers. This again shines a light on player managers and how much of a filthy. Who group is of the player? Scumbags. Who is his player? Who is his player manager? Isaac Moses. Wow. So he's not getting a good run, is he? Well, do you know what? I look at it and I think these blokes are they actually hiding behind the player managers? He's saying, "Oh, look, th- this is all happening." A lot of players come out and say. I don't know about the contracts. My manager's handling it. Is that true? Like the players just go, mate, just get me the best deal and I know you'll look after me and I'm not going to play any role. I'd hope to think not, like especially in today's in today's game and how people are very aware of a lot of things and, and especially in the management world. Like just say if it was in the like late 90s and even the 2000s when I was playing, you sort of relied on your manager. But like when you're doing a big deal like this, you're like you're at the forefront. You're at the forefront of everything. What's going on? What are they doing? What's happening? Where's this? Where's that? You're, you're in contact with your manager every day. Like, that's how it is. That's how it is when you're doing a big deal. And he's he's obviously coming off a great year last year. And Isaac Moses is trying to get the best deal for him. But you know what's going on, man. Don't try and hide behind your manager or anything like that. At the end of the day, John Bateman makes a decision. What he wants to do. Well, for example, Will, when you left the Dogs at the end of 2007, I think it was, yep. you obviously had a manager at that stage. You're at the top of your game. You were, you would have been sought after by a number of clubs. Did those clubs come to your manager and say, we want Willie, when it was obvious that you were going to leave Canterbury? Or did you say to your manager, these are the clubs I want to play for, see what you can get for me? Mate, it, it is an interesting process. Um, at that time, I never thought I would have left – left the Bulldogs and then the situation sort of happened, bored, all this kind of shit. That's a whole whole another book to fucking go through. But um, at that stage, obviously when you're at the peak of your powers or successful in anything, like there's a lot of there's a lot of suitors and everything like other clubs and everything. You know, it's a bit of it's a bit of a it's a bit of a show really. You know, you got some people taking you out for dinner, doing all these kind of nice things and offering you the world and all that kind of stuff. But as I said as you said before, like 
do they do they approach my manager? Yeah, they do at that stage. You know, they're the going. We we want Willie. We want this. We want that. We'll give him this, this, that. And then you sort of break it down and go, okay, well, I'm not going to go to Canberra. I'm not going to go to Penrith. I'm not going to go to Parramatta. I'm not going up north to Brisbane. I'm not going to North Queensland, anything like that. As you sort of you, you go, where where do I want to play? You know, I would have went back to Newcastle. So this is I'm, I'm honestly talking. I'm like, I, I don't really want to move from where I was living. I was living in Clove Valley, so it suited me to go to the Roosters. Great club, great tradition. Had some really good friends there. And then the process starts, you know, the back and forth, you know, with the money and everything like that. And I was in contact with Greg, like Keno, Greg Keno, every day. So where when, are they at? Where are so they at? Were you, were you, were they asking you what you wanted yeah, they or were they just what, saying? No, they asked me what I want and then Keno would go, bang, this is what happens. You said a billion dollars a year? Yeah. And they said no, no, maybe thank a trillion. You. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was, it was weird because, you know, around that time, you know, um, Money was it wasn't as as big as it is now. You're yeah, the salary like cap was much different, and everything yeah. like that. But like at that time, it was it was a fair bit of money, and I knew where I was in my standing in the game, and I knew what I was worth. So it wasn't a bullshit game of like when you're eighteen and nineteen. Is he going to be a big? Is he going to be a good player? Is he not? I was already made. You know what I mean? So the market sets what you're about, and this is where John Bateman's going through as well. So obviously, we we go through that whole process of like, you know, tit tat, but it was already, it was already pretty much done. They knew what I was worth. It was all about the little, the fine little bullshit, all the, a lot of variables to go into a contract. And then it was done pretty much, pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Because my, my impression of the whole thing is that there are certain players that will just sign anywhere for the cash. Yeah. And there are certain players that will take into account. I mean, it was interesting. Cooper Cronk came out through the week and said that young Harry Grant should basically go back to Melbourne because that's the club that will make him into a better player. Players, obviously, at the end of the career, they're just going to take the money. Yeah. I think there's so many variables to go in with the contract. And and people only see the money at the end of the day. They don't see where his family's from. They don't know where he's most happy at, where he's friends, all these kind of things. There's so many things. You know, your, your missus could be from fucking Townsville. And then all of a sudden, you're in this position where she wants to go back home. And I've seen a lot of players like that, or from Brisbane, or from out west, or from Newcastle. There's a lot of little variables in a situation where guys, they're not all for themselves. Sometimes they're for the family, you know, and, and their partner and lifestyle, all these kind of things that people don't really understand. All they see is like, oh, I want to sign him. Why isn't he signing with us? He, we, we gave him a chance from England. He should want to fucking sign with Canberra. Like, maybe he wants to go home. Well, yeah, if he, he does, misses, that's different. Maybe he misses I, I honestly his family. say that's different. Maybe Canberra's pissed him off somewhere. Maybe he doesn't like Ricky Stewart. Maybe he doesn't like the management. Maybe the CEO's fucked. I don't know. There's so many variables that people need to understand you, with the contract. You know Ricky Stewart pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I do. How, speaking of not I liking- I played with Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> did you? Yeah, oh, you would have he was a halfback. Oh, he's so old. I, I mean, Ricky Stewart, I would say, Ricky Stewart, he's blamed the manager in public, and that's understandable. Managers are- a well, you know how I feel about managers, but and they're an easy mark because mm. they are grubs. But does Ricky Stewart now does that put a strain on his relationship with John Bateman? If Bateman's no, saying one no. thing, oh, may, maybe a little bit. Just one thing people need to know: Ricky Stewart hates player managers. He hates them more than you. More than me? He does. Right. He's with a passion. Everything that I've had, I've had deals with Ricky Stewart. I've been off contract. I've talked to Cronulla. I've talked to some other teams, Roosters, and everything while I was off contract, and it was man to man. I mean, I wasn't a man then. I was in my early 20s. He was a man. Like yeah. he, he wants that sort of like – he wants to look in your eyes. He wants to shake your hand. He wants to get that, that energy. He's a different sort of cat. 
he's fucking all about that. He's, 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 and he will intimidate you. Like, I was good because I played with Ricky. I'm like, but I can see how intimidating he would be for a John Bateman or just a young kid. He, and he uses that as his, as his power. But he, he hates play managers. Like, we, like, he would never come. Like, this is how passionate he is. He's coming out in a press conference saying he fucking hates you pretty much. Yeah. And Isaac Moses is probably, you know, the haters. Most hated. Isaac, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Isaac Moses is probably the most hated person in management right now mm. in the world. In the whole universe. Well, so, I don't know. John Baden, do whatever is best for you and your family. I hope everything works out well. God bless. It's, it has been handled poorly. And I, th- I like Jay- – like, I look at John Bateman and I think he seems like a good bloke. And if he does genuinely look yeah. after his family, and good that's luck And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I, I know some people that know – I know Sia Soliola really well. And I'm like, you know, what's, what's you know, is, what's, what's Bateman like? He seems like a real good knock-around bloke. Typical, you know, Pommy dude, loves beers, loves having a good time. I'm like, I don't think he'd do, I don't think he'd do that to Canberra unless there was a really good reason or unless Canberra's gone, you know, fuck you and, and your management and everything like that, we're done. So they've cut ties and it's been amicable, but hopefully they work things out. It's Isaac Moses' fault. Possibly. Everything is. <laughs> I love a good spray, Will. Mm, same. I probably, enjoy it. It probably explains why I'm friends with you, actually. But <laughs> I'll tell you who's come out with a cracking spray this week. Mm. Your surrogate father, <laughs> Wayne That's where I get my Bennett. height from. Well, he's taught you how to spray because yeah. this is this was a great one. And I can understand why because at the end of the day, if you have done what he has done in the game and last week he's getting shopped around to 30 different clubs and now this week Brisbane are basically saying that it's his fault that they're shit. Now – Brisbane are terrible, but their roster, everyone keeps talking about their roster, they're full of origin players in internationals. How is that Wayne Bennett's fault that they can't beat the Titans? It's unbelievable. And the reason why this resonates with a lot of people and it, and people are hearing and we're, we're talking about it on every single you know podcast and Fox Sports and Channel 9 and Daily Telegraph, it's because it's Wayne Bennett. Yeah, and he doesn't fucking spray anyone like that personally. He's as he said, he's held off for eighteen months, and they keep throwing little jabs at him, throwing little jabs at him. He's he's a man, you know what I mean? Like he's got to stand up for what he believes in, and he knows that he's been done wrong. You know what I mean? He wanted to stay at Brisbane. He wanted yeah. to fix that club. It was one ridiculous play from Kyle Felt. And Michael Morgan down that right side that, that cost that him a grand final yeah. in 2015. He would have like – And Ben and that, dropping it. It was – I mean, you can you can say there's a lot of variables for all this sort of stuff, but like he was one, one playoff, you know what I mean? And then he would have been held as the greatest coach of all time. And then as soon as that happened, they started digging at him, started digging at him. Oh, you got a great squad. All this, you know, what happened at Newcastle? You know, St George, and you know what? You know, do you know what I mean? Like they started they throwing little jabs at him, and he's a man of respect and dignity and discipline and everything. Like people don't know what Wayne's about, and things like this. When you try and fuck with his legacy, he'll come at your throat. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and they, they've been doing that, and it's been funny it's because di- it's disappointing. It's it's almost like. Seabold has got to a point now where he's got no answers and so you have to blame someone and the board have got two options. They either go, we made the wrong call and 18 months into Seabold they go, you know what, he's not what he thought he was or they have to find someone to blame and they've tried to blame Wayne Bennett and they're trying to blame the bloke who has been the most successful coach 
of in history, time. it's a bizarre. It's it's a really strange line to take. Yeah, and he's just had enough of it. And I I think it's it's embarrassing from Brisbane. They're such a proud club, and they're built on success, which Wayne built. They're built on everything that Wayne built, and even little things like little. You know, little things that people wouldn't notice when you go, when Wayne was there, he built, you know, I think uh, Red Hill just got, you know, renovated. They spent millions of dollars on it and just putting all, you know, things around the gym and photos and all, you know, sort of memorabilia and everyone's very nostalgic when you go in there. It's such a um, successful place. You know, when you play for the Broncos, you're expected to win more than any other club. Um, And he had all these little sayings, you know, like whatever his little comment was, Wayne Bennett. And then when Seabole went up there, he took them all down. That's the sort of person Seabold is. It's petty. It's very petty, but it's it's it resonates with the players wrong because some of those guys love Wayne so much. They, he's a sort of he's a sort of coach that players love. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like a relationship where that coach was good and had a little bit of a part part time in your life. He he grows men, and like and and, and I can say that you know when I was in my in, I've known him since my mid twenties and I still keep in contact with him now. I'm forty years old. I ring him up. I tell him what's going on. We, we talk about life. He doesn't give a fuck about football. We talk about family and how's my mum, how's my brother, things like that. It means a lot to me. Yeah, and yeah, he's like that with every other person. So, and for for a guy like Seabold to come up there, and never know anything about the fucking club or anything like that, and just put all your shit up. Like that doesn't rub good with the players, and then players don't really play for you. It might be just a little subtle sort of nuance in what's going on, but it's that's that's guy like guys like Darius Boyd and a, a lot of other players there. Like, they'd be looking at Seabo going, oh, "Do I really go that extra ten percent for you?" Well, it's funny too because I mean, won't. he he is walking on Seabold's walking on the shoulders of giants to some extent. He goes up there, he's living, he's taking over what Wayne Bennett built. I get that it would be difficult. But from my perspective, the last thing you would do is trying to pretend like Wayne Bennett never existed. Yeah, you don't know, do it's, that, mate. You, you basically you got to celebrate what you had. Mm. They reckon that I don't know how true this is. You probably know better than I would. But they reckon the Broncos players genuinely don't know what the game plans are. They don't know w- what they're supposed to be doing. He's too complex to mm. rugby league's a pretty simple game, and Wayne hard. Bennett is a simple man management coach. Yeah. Is that fair? One hundred percent. And I just think sometimes you can complicate a simple thing, and it just goes out the window. You know, um, some forwards they they've only been taught one way how to play. You know what I mean? Like it's just you got to do your job. Front rowers got to do their job. Back rowers do their job. Everybody knows their job so well. And then if you come with this complex sort of game plan, it's just like it's not that it's, it's not NFL. You're not coming up with these fucking ridiculous plays to score tries. Everybody has the same plays. It's all about execution. That's all it is. Execution and praying to God that that other defensive, that defense over the other side makes a mistake because mm. everybody runs the same structures. That's why, like I know when I watch even like lower teams and like the Bulldogs and everyone, I'm like, everybody does the same thing. Why are you so bad? You're a professional player. Like you're getting paid a professional amount of money. You need to put to go out there and just do your job. So with Seabold's, if I hear, like, I'm not sure what the players are, what they're doing and how they're responding, or maybe they're not that smarter players up there. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. Like, Wayne is a man's, he's a man's coach. Like, he's a simple, simplified, not an X's and O's. He'll get out there, you do this, this, you, you complete, kick chase, 
defend everybody over 90% effective tackling. That's not that's and that is in analytic analytics is fucking nothing. You can simplify the game, dumb it down and just do your job and execute and then you you'll be in the game. Some of those tries the Titans scored on the weekend Disgusting. it was embarrassing. I mean it gen for for a first grade football team and and I'm not bagging the quality of the Titans because I think the Titans have been you know, for the roster that they've got, they've been very good. But mm. I look at that Broncos side, and I think, you know, maybe, for them to say that they don't have the players there, it's well, maybe just they a don't joke. in some positions. Like I look at their pack, and I'm like, you know, you got Lodge and you got Tavita Pangai Junior. They're playing out of position. Oh, when you play Tavita Pangai Junior on the left edge, when he's a left arm carry, you playing him on the right. They just immediately go for his inside. Do you know what I mean? Because he's got the ball in the other hand on the right side. Like he can't palm like Greg English used to do across his body. Stick him on the left edge. Every time I've seen him play either in the middle or around the left edge when he's got that right palm throwing blokes on the, on the, on the ground with ease, he's destructive as they come. He's not getting coached right. Yeah. Payne Haas isn't getting coached right. He's ruining that kid. He's ruining that kid because Payne Haas is doing he's because he's so big and strong he can get away with it and the game and the game the, the way the rules are he can benefit from it because he's 6 foot 5 and he's 115 20 kilos and he's fit as fuck and he's got he's got he's highly skilled and his football IQ is is ridiculous but can you put a pass into his game? Oh. He's it's... only doing the job that you're telling him to. Can you pass the game? Can you pass the ball at the back, please? Can you can you evolve as a player? Because I I know for a fact that he has those skills in that in that basket. But guys like just say I go back to guys like Marco Mealy, who was one of the toughest SOBs I've ever played with. That dude would run. He would power through the middle, power through the middle, and next minute he's tipping onto the halfback. Shifty's going straight through or general straight through because he he sees blokes flying at him, but he plays games with them. Because he's that hard dude. And Payne Haas has got that ability. He'll fuck you up. Like, he'll go straight at you, straight at you, straight through the ruck. And then the, then you get B and C turning in past the ball. Yeah. That's when the that's when it opens up. It's not going to open up in the first 10 minutes, but it'll open up at the back end of the house. And you're playing the kid 60 – I mean, you're playing the kid 80 minutes nearly every game. So he's having opportunities. And then why aren't you getting other players to push up with him? And it changes you know what I mean? the whole angle It makes angle me sick watching too. this young kid, this young Battery brother, just name. go through it. And I'm like, damn, you're gonna you're gonna burn this kid out by he's 25. He's gonna be like 150 games deep, 80 minutes. It's about the minutes and about the guy, the minutes you accumulate as a player. It takes its toll, and they need he needs to coach these kids better. Matt Lodge, get a pass into your game. Like these guys are tough. These guys are really tough. Joe Afangalway, tough. They they want that contact, but this the game. Now, especially because it's sped up a little bit, you need to have skill. You need to pass. And all these guys have got it in their, in their artillery. They've got it. They just need to bring it out. And they need to coach it out. And they need to coach it every single fucking day at training at Red Hill where you train. Play short passes, everything around the ruck. You got, it's, it's frustrating to watch when you've got such a talented side and watching them perform like that. And then I'm like, wow, they're getting coached wrong. Well, they're going that and everyone I, Sorry, And everyone I talk to who's – Knows about the game is like what? What are they doing? Why? Who's coaching these guys? Well, Stephen Carney is ten days out of a job, and they reckon that they've approached him, and he said, "I won't even coach at the Broncos." That's how bad they're going. The bloke that hasn't even a job, he's on JobKeeper. Yeah, maybe they should get you up there. I'd never coach him either. Hashtag Willie for coach. Mm. Get it trending. (laughs) 
The world has been turned on its head, William. Mm. Has it not? Well, we can go through the bushfires in Australia, and then Kobe Bryant died, which is fucked up, and now COVID. No, no. It's been a terrible year. I'm not talking about any of those things. Okay. What's I'm up? talking about Nick Kyrgios, who is my favourite tennis player of all time, mm. now becoming the eldest statesman of tennis, blowing up <laughs> at blokes because they what haven't do do? done the right thing and the other, you know, with the whole tennis spreading COVID oh, around he hammered, the world. he hammered Djokovic, wasn't it? He hammered Djokovic. And you know what happened? Boris Becker, old boom boom closet <laughs> action Becker, came out and he said, "You're a rat, Nick Kyrgios. A rat. A rat. Because you've bagged fellow tennis players. And Nick Kyrgios. Oh, rat. Yeah, rat. Damn. Nick Kyrgios on hands. He, well, he, do you know what? He came out and he was like, "You know what, Boris?" And he explained to Boris why. And then Boris tried to turn into tennis. Nick Kyrgios has become out and just destroyed Boris Becker. Do you know what that makes Boris Becker? Shit. The McNeil Lemon of the Week. <laughs> Good and well-deserved. It's well-deserved. And I'll tell you what, uh, at the end of the year, what we're going to do is we're going to box up a lemon and we're going to send it to someone because they've got the McNeil Lemon so of the I Week. I think it's Boris Becker's. It's going to Germany so far. God, he just hammered him, home. Huh? Yeah, hammered him. It's good. But so he should. I think I, I love Nick Kyrgios, man. I'm all about what he's. I mean, he just he stands up for himself. He, he's a, he's in an individual sport. Like who's going to stick up for you? If you don't stick up for yourself. He's, you're a big dog. Get him on the show. Fucking knows. I will. Come on our show, Nick. Come on, Nick. We're back. We are. We are back. We are definitely back. We won. We all actually these, did. All of these people <laughs> saying that we can't. Bet. Well, they're wrong. I've been forever on the whole, on the whole weekend just sort of trying to defend myself. So, I look, you know, I had a little bit of a bad start. It's like six weeks now. They're, they're done with me, I think. My horse thank got God scratched. for the producer this week. He come horse, up. No, don't ever say that. My I've horse got, got, got to thank him again. Don't thank him. We're going to ring Jared now. Jared actually sends me messages about how much he hates a producer offline. And, uh, <laughs> I think he tries to pretend on a Wednesday. But anyway, let's uh, let's give him a call now. My friend, Jared. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Very, very well. What's going on? Mate, we're sitting here. Yes or no question, do you hate the producer? <laughs> I tell you what, um, it, well, I, I can't say yes because he's uh, he's really just – it's been a fill-up for the, uh, the club week in, week out. So, no, I'm a big fan. Well, yeah. there was week out, week out first. Let's get that yeah. out in the <laughs> yeah, open. Right, and yeah. we've, but we did win. We won. We. We did. I think what you find is Ian, Ian and the producer go head-to-head all the time because they're both pretty, I think, in their own right, pretty good punters. And I think yeah. uh, the producer's got the nod in the last couple of weeks, so I think Ian's due yeah. for a win. Yeah. I'm not even including myself in this. I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know anything about punting. I think, look, to be honest, I think at the moment, Ian, he might be beating you 5-1 as well. So we've got a bit of ground to make up. 5-1. Okay. Right. Okay, Jared. That was <laughs> – do you know what? That's facts. That's facts right there. Facts. Is it facts? I don't know. We have to fact check that. That's, that's... We don't fact check. You just Google it. <laughs> he probably does have the figures in front of him. That's very disappointing. Okay, well, <laughs> this is going to be the week that I turn it around, not only for myself but also for the club. So yeah. this week we're going to go the line again. Yeah. I think that the Raiders are in turmoil 
Jared. Wow. And yep. uh, I can't see him covering 10.5 against a very improved St. George side, very settled St. George side. Yeah. Uh, I think $7.50, uh, 7.5 points for the Cowboys won't be enough when the Eels are playing as well as they are. Yep. And I'm going to attempt to get a horse that isn't scratched this week, Jared. So I'm going to go for the same horse <laughs> I backed last week on the up chance that they don't actually scratch it two weeks in a row, which is Lashes. Lashes. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, okay. Well, let's start from there. We went through Lashes form last week and given she was scratched last week, absolutely nothing has changed. Uh, the one point I will touch on again with her, though, is that she ran second behind a horse called Adelong when she was fresh, and the form around that horse is probably about as good as it's getting at the moment. Uh, she's adding $3 as a leg in the multi. I think that's pretty good value. Um, otherwise, a seven-and-a-half-point line we're getting for the Eels here, Ian. I just think this is about as good as a bet gets at the moment. There is a massive class difference between these two sides. Uh, and I actually agree with you about the Raiders as well. I think uh, I think they're really living off last year's grand final appearance, probably that was round three win over the Storm as well. Um, I just think they're undervalued in the market week in, week out. The Dragons haven't been great, but I think they can finish within 10.5 points. And we're getting $10.80 for this at the moment. I might back this myself. Oh, I think you should, Jared, because I've put the balaclava <laughs> on this week. Oh, this is a robbery. Uh, have you, you got? Mate? Have you got about five or ten minutes left in your day? Because Will's about Me? to give you a thirty-six oh, leg right. multi now. I am not. I am not. I'm. I'm, I'm sort of into these multis now because I didn't really know about them until I met these guys. So, yeah. my multi last week was awful. Like it, yeah. it blew me out of the water. Takayaho got held up on Friday night. So that just smashed my whole multi. And then Broncos got. How the hell do they get beat by the Titans? God, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. mine is the Roosters to win. Yeah. And Daniel Daniel Tupo for any time try scorer. Yep. And then the Raiders to win. And yeah. Jared Croker, any time try scorer. Yep. Parramatta to win. Mike Acevo. Yeah. Mike Acevo, any time try scorer. Yep. And then Penrith Panthers to win. And then I think Stephen Crichton will get a try as well. So I think I've been actually thinking about it. I said, my barber's really good at putting multis on. He keeps me fresh all the time. Nice Ziggy. Ziggy knows it. Anyway, um, yeah, so he's always, he's always on to onto the multis and stuff like that. So he's always, he's always getting them right every, like, every week about all these little random things. So he thinks about the game. I don't really think about it. I just, I just toss it up in my head what, what should happen. So I reckon this week I'm going to come – through with the goods. Can I put you into the mind of William Marshall Mason? <laughs> yeah. Because literally 10 seconds before he made this phone call, it was Nick Cotrick. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, they Jared, are, that's about a billion well, dollars, isn't it? Thank, uh, thankfully, yeah, well, thankfully, Cotrick and uh, and uh, Croker are paying a pretty similar amount for the, uh, the any yeah. time there. I quite like, actually, the, the leg at the end here. Stephen Crichton is adding quite a bit of value to this, Will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've gone for eight legs all up here, so certainly no one could accuse you of uh, doing anything by half measures. Yeah. Keep you excited um, over the weekend anyway. Yeah, well, uh, eight legs together, $61.46. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think we've got one home yet, but when we do get one home... Yeah, uh, that club's uh, going to be rolling in Versace suits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah, 50 at 61.46, whatever that works out to be, 3,000 and something. Yeah. Thanks for, very much. For, for the record, Jared, I got a three-leg multi-up, so let's not just say, yeah. you know, I think credit where credit's due. Anyway, where credit isn't yeah. due is with this imbecile's tip. So we've got to listen to it now, unfortunately. But anyway, here we go. 
Okay, well, he got us home uh, in Sydney last week and he's taking us back there this week. We're up over the $2,000 mark now, which is nice. We're looking at Randwick Race 6, number 6, Tigrot Royale, this horse is called. Uh, look, it did take him a few to get going. Just having a look at his form now. Uh, he's won his last two starts in pretty impressive fashion by the looks of things, and he's had to carry big weights in both of those races. Uh, he's dropping about four or five kilos in the weights this week, and he's going to absolutely get up the mile and a half here. Karen McAvoy into the saddle. Uh, we're taking $5 for him at the moment, and it's horses around this sort of price that really seem to be in the producer's wheelhouse, so why not again? Well, I know what it's like to carry a lot of weight because I carry this black on my back every week, honestly. But <laughs> me or producer? Both of you. All right, Jared. So wh- where are we up to now? We've got a bit, haven't we, in the in the bank? $2,050 in the kitty now. Here we go. Do you think I should put that all on my eight-legged multi? No. No? All right. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that would be, that would yeah, that would be one of those yeah. bets. If it comes off this way, you guys would be loving That'd it. That'd get a start on Twitter. Well, Jared, thank you again for your time. Thank you for your support. We really, uh, we actually really enjoy Wednesday nights yeah, talking good. here. It's good. It's, uh, it's nice. Unfortunately, it seems like the producer is definitely the best of the group with these tips, <laughs> and that is hurting me in my feelings. But anyway, mate, you're a massive help, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Not at all, guys. Thank you very much. It's certainly the highlight of my week at the moment. <laughs> too. So uh, hopefully can get out of Queensland, but uh, at the oh, moment yeah. we'll live on the Wednesday night. Thanks, right, guys. She's Bye, o- has she opened the border? Uh, oh, actually, maybe. As of yeah, it, it, we might be getting towards it now. I think Victoria are doing their best to ruin it for everyone. Yeah. But um, I'm going to be hitting but, the. Sh- I'll be hitting the shores next week. So look we're on here, Jared. We're on. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, thanks, guys. Have All a good right, week. I'll speak to you next week. See you next Cheers. week, pal. Uh, so eight legs is that gambling responsibly? Is it? It's only. Oh, I can't say it's only fifty dollars, but yeah, I don't. I think it is a little bit. Well, everyone should gamble responsibly mm. because it's important. I don't think it's smart. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a better word. That's not very smart gambling, but it is responsible because it's not an obscene amount of money. If they changed it to no smart gambling, I think we'd yeah, be in I'm trouble. out. We're gone. The NRL has provided some very good games this year, Will, and yeah. some very average ones too. Yeah. This week has got – well, it starts with a good one. Yep. The Melbourne Storm coming off a pretty massive win against the Warriors up against the Red Hot Roosters. Yeah. I think everybody's sort of – I think they'll get disappointed. That's the word, disappointed, because I think they go, oh, it's the 2017 and 18 grand final, or 18 and 19, whatever it was. It's just different teams. Roosters are way better, I reckon, and I think Melbourne's really on the decline. I, I reckon, honestly think that. I reckon Melbourne could go, right, this game? I, I just don't think it'll be that. I don't think it'll be that. It won't um, be a high quality Yeah, game. because Melbourne can't control the, the wrestle. They can't control the ruck like they used to, uh, and the Roosters are – adapting to these new rules like a fish to water. They're going through the ruck. They're pound through everything. They're so hard to score against. It's ridiculous playing. I, I, I look at the I look at the Roosters playing. I'm like, how, how do you beat these guys? They would have to be so far off for them to lose the comp. Well, one thing actually going back to last week, after the Warriors game, and the Warriors are on record now as saying if their families don't come out yeah. that they're going to – and I can understand that completely. You know, it's, it's a very, very awkward situation for the Warriors this year. They got towed up badly by the Storm. 
Cameron Smith and Craig Bellamy, and I think Ryan Hoffman as well, who played for the Warriors, went yeah. into the dressing room afterwards, presumably to say thank, thank you. you for everything you're doing. And then all of a sudden, Cameron Smith starts wearing shit in the media. Oh, I was patronising it with this. Mate, if that was you, that's a, is that a not a nice thing to do? Am I? It's ridiculous. I mean, sometimes wearing- these guys need to ease up off Cameron Smith. But going back, just regressing a little bit with um, – with the Warriors, you know, wanting to, you know, saying that they'll go home. I'm pretty sure in in the deal for these guys to come home, in the fine print to the NRL, is like, we need our families here after so-and-so weeks. Yeah. And they haven't lived up to their end of the bit, their end of the bargain. So I can see why the Warriors are kicking up a stink because you just don't say that. You just don't say it because it's it's – you just wouldn't. I know I know. behind closed doors, the Warriors go, no, we need after four games, our families better be flying over. And they're not here yet. So they should kick up a stink. Especially you know, like considering that's exactly, got young kids. That's exactly what they should do. And that's what that's what, how builds build unity. And that's why they're a club. And that's why they're teammates. You know, they're sticking by everything. Everything that the NRL promised, that's what they want. Because they're sacrificing so much. They're sacri- it's, if, without those guys, you know, there probably wouldn't have been – there would not have been an NRL this year. Mm. They know that. And so I hope to God that the NRL come through, fly their, fly their partners over, make them as happy as they can. Because I know my man Marco Mealy, the big ogre, he's a biosecurity for the Warriors and he's there every single day. And he knows what they're going through. It was a tough time with Steve Kearney, and now it's a tough time getting beat by Melbourne. There's a lot. There's a lot of tough times. I mean, you just got to put yourself in that situation. I can. I can honestly think of a situation like that, and it's terrible. You know, just being away from your family, being away from everyone that you love, having no one to come home to, and just sort of vent about the game, vent about training, vent about the bullshit that's going on in life. Whatever, you haven't got that sort of person there. You know, your partner, your kids, anything like that. These guys need that break because footy is consuming 24-7 for these guys, regardless if they're in New Zealand or not, let alone being stuck on the fucking central coast with all you got is football, football, football. It can only, it can only maintain it for, a, for a, I reckon, six to eight weeks. You know, they have these massive efforts and everything like that. And hope, I hope to God they bring their families over because they need that boost. They'll be better. A lot of these, and a lot of these guys are Polynesian. A lot of these guys, they feed off that family environment. They love playing for their families and stuff. So, you know, if it's the, if it's the NRL in, in front of this, like, do the right thing. Get their families over. Do or the right I, thing. Open Club Troppo. <laughs> Club Troppo, open back up, please, Central Coast. And or fast forward to Cameron Smith. Back up. Back off him. He is like one of the legends of the game and one of the greatest guys to play the game. Like, why are you, why, Origin's not on. You know what I mean? Like, why, why are you having a crack at him? Him and Belly and, and Hoffy went in there and did the right thing, thanked the Warriors, and they're so appreciative. And you can see that because uh, McInnes, he started that when the, War- when the Warriors played St. George in that first bit after COVID. And, like, it's the right thing to do. Like, what is bad about that? What is bad? It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just clickbait, bullshit media, mainstream fucking fuckery. It's bullshit. <laughs> fuckery. Nice. Uh, Dragons up against the Raiders. Raiders have been fuckery, to be honest. And I actually said I'd, I would never say the F word in case my son Actually, I, I, I got from, sorry, a guy from um, on Instagram who he goes, oh, I love your show, boys. You know, it's awesome. He goes, but, you know, I'll give you a little bit of tips. Maybe you should just stop swearing, really. Yeah, there you go. Not me. I just said <laughs> you know, my I first said, F You know word. what? Touche. I'm actually very aware of how much I swear, but 
I, I try. I do try and calm down. He goes, "You're very passionate." I said, "Yeah, I'm very, I'm very passionate." And I get, I get really into it. But sometimes, you know, I might throw a fuck out there every now and again. Every every third word. But I'm trying passionate. to cut it down. I'm trying. Ricky Stewart, he'll throw a few out if the Raiders lose this. <laughs> he doesn't mind. <laughs> I don't think swear. anybody has seen Ricky Stewart go nuts. Yeah, I don't know. If they lose to the Dragons, their season is on life support. Yeah, it's you know, and a lot of people going, oh, you know, even. You know, some people going, oh, they're living off last year. They're not. They're not living off last year. No, they're just not they playing great well. year. They're just not playing good. They're losing yeah. games like they did about 2017 and 18 when they were losing by four points. They were losing by four points. So they were, they, were, they were a team that lost by the least amount. I think it was about 12 games that they lost by two points. If they had a won it, they would have finished top four. Yeah. So hopefully – and they'd be very aware of that. Ricky would be very aware of that. They're a great leadership down there, great leadership groups, and good players, and I think they're, they're, they should shine. You said that last week. All right, so the Eels, the, well, the Eels, they were going well, then the Roosters flogged them, and then the Cowboys, who have stunk, they got some players back and they beat a very, very subpar night side. What happened to the Knights? They gave up. That's harsh. They did. They gave up. Anyway, we'll talk about them in a second. But the Cowboys, I don't know, do they back it up against the Eels? No. I think the Eels showed class when Moses went off. was 60 minutes ago. And that should have – I think Canberra should have put the you know the foot on the throat and really went for it, and they did, and Para held out. Their forwards held out. Their backs held out. You know, I'm not sure who slipped into the seven there. Um, but he did a good job. They shuffled around. Clint Gutherson's playing out of his skin. I love Gutho. Oh, he was there my last year at Manly. He was a young. He was a young prospect. Obviously, I'm glad that he went to Parramatta. But they go, oh, him and Tom Travojevic were. It was like yeah. you go, or we, you know, what, they were always going to keep Tom because Tom was. He yeah. was the prodigy. But like for him to go and leave it because he, I know that he's um he's a Manly boy, and Manly boys never leave Manly, you know, unless it's right at the end of their career. So. Him to go to Parramatta and to go take that this massive big rap and this big aura about him being the next big thing and actually live up to it is phenomenal. He's a great kid, um, but he's probably going to go down as one of the most unfortunate players to not play for Australia or New South Wales because of the fucking the talent quality, the quality. and quality of fullbacks in today's game. There's about three fullbacks ahead of him. You know what I mean? Like, where where do you put Gutho? Can mm. we put him on the bench? No, you've got a Victor Radley. You've got, you know, you've got Cam Murray and all these sort of players. Like, where where does he fit? I feel. I mean, he's a talent. He's a great leader out there. So I'm I'm happy for Gutho. Well, speaking of great leaders, uh, Sean Johnson finally stood up a little bit last week after wearing a fair bit of criticism across the board. The Sharks. Oh, back Cronulla, did you? Yeah, we both did. Okay. Don't act as if you're one out there. I'll tell you what, though, they're playing against the Gold Coast. There's a bloke on Facebook called Aaron Wolf, and he's been getting very upset about us tipping against the Titans nonstop. (laughs) And I just want to say, Aaron, I thought they were terrific last week. I'm sorry I tipped against them. Please don't listen to our tips because we're going woeful. But, um, mate, I reckon they're a chance this week. There you go, Aaron. They're a chance. Chance. No. Sharks will get them. Oh, that's it. All right, Aaron. We that's tried. Seabus Super Stadium. Is that is that the Titans home ground? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't mean shit. Anyway, I think the Sharks, they, they played outstanding. Sean Johnson is, is still a superior talent. 
he's ridiculous. Chad Townsend, they got a forward pack that is 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 pretty is pretty good. It's up there with the best of them. Wade Graham, you know what I mean? Like Nick Nakora, Nakora on that right edge. You know, Matt Moylan's coming into his own. Dugan played some good football finally. I'm happy for him. He's been fighting a lot of battles, Dugs, and shout out to him. He's a good man, and I just want to see him play good football. He's one of the, he's one of the fucking talents of this game. He I'll just tell needs, you who he I like. Needs to get fit. Needs to get some match fitness and play some good football. I'll tell you who I like. Jamin Jolliffe from the Titans. He rips in. Yeah, he does rip in. He actually yeah. has a proper got crack. Some, no, they've got some kids at Titans. I'm not, I'm not. We're not sitting here trying to bag the Titans. I no. mean, like they're not. They're they're an awful team. Is that bagging? That's actually the exact definition. of bagging. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know what you mean. Saying, their roster's they're just, not strong. Their roster. I would be more harsh on them if their roster was great. I'm just saying. Oh, the boys suck at the moment. They're going to rebuild. They got some good people around there. Keep going. I mean, they're going to. They're going to. They're, they're going to win those games sometimes. Yeah. They're going to win those games. Yeah. Like it's you know they're not going to, they're going to be a team that's going to go you know zero wins. So well, stick with them, Titan. Speaking followers. of zero wins, the Warriors are playing against the Broncos. I don't even care about that game. I hope really? the Warriors win. Oh look, do you know what? I'm sick of talking about the Broncos. I think the Warriors are fantastic. I hope the Warriors win. Two sixty nine. They paint. Who? The Warriors. Are, are they in your bet somewhere? No, they're not. Yeah, no balls, did you? Because you know the Broncos, the Broncos have got that. They've got that team where everyone's just like, "Damn, if they put it together, they're going to smoke." They'll come out. and win out by eighty. No, I I, my bets, my bets are all based around mm. Friday games, yeah. so that then they can roll in it. You know where they fucked up? Getting rid of McCulloch. I said that at the start. I said that when they got rid of him. I said he's he's a class player. He's played over two hundred fifty games for that club. He's such an important, integral part of that whole club. You know what I mean? Ten, to, you know, twelve year vet. So much, you know, he holds so much energy in that club, club captain, and you know, and then you get rid of that all because, you know, you want to bring someone else in, or you got a young kid Turpin who's only played like fifteen games off the bench, and you think he's the next fucking Cameron Smith. You don't do that to a club, and that's what I'm saying. It's another little factor, another little fucking little thing that variable that that that's the reason why the Broncos are going bad because who's their hooker now? Uh, I don't even know. You don't oh, even Isaac know. Luke. Isaac Luke. I mean, he they, Bull, him. Bullies, they got rid of all the old you know, blokes. Isaac Luke's like Isaac Luke. He doesn't. Blokes. He doesn't. Good roster like he's he he's going to go out there and do what he does. But they need to understand how Bully plays. Mm. He's a running hooker. First of all, he's a great tackler. He's good at wrestling. He does a lot of things good. But it's going to take him a while to fit into that club. He's not that sort of boat. Just that give you the ball here. Pass, catch and pass, catch and pass all game. He needs to run. But they aren't putting that. You know, he's not. The forwards aren't getting those quick play the balls, so he's, you know, you can sort of you you can just stop him from playing that well because mm. all you got to do is dominate the ruck when Bully's there. When we used to play against him, it's like we all we need we got to stop the ruck. But he was in a side with old beast against South. I mean, when we're playing South, he was behind all the Burgess brothers and everybody else. So it'd be interesting. Speaking of hookers, uh, Harry Grant. Now, the Tigers are playing first the Panthers. Gra- he's got two first names, first of all. Yeah, you can't trust Blaze with two yeah, first Alex names. Alex Glenn. <laughs> all the Broncos as well. <laughs> but I think uh, he's now second on the Dallium. He's played about three or four games. He's second on the Dallium. How good's he going? Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, it would have been hard for um, for Belly to let him go because you've got Brandon Smith down there, and then they're playing Brandon pretty much as a another forward or a loose forward at the moment. And you'd love a kid like that. 
you know, and, and the Tigers are using him, using him very well. I think he's a gun. I think he's a really good player. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him after this year. Well, does, he's he going back to the does he have to go back to Melbourne? Yep. Well, he does if Melbourne want him to, which they will, because yeah. why wouldn't you? He's about to win the Daly M. He's not going to win the Daly M, but... No, I know. If it was tomorrow, just like they keep from AFL. What's his name, producer? Matt Rowe. Matt Give him the Dallium as well. There we go. So we're across all sports here. Uh, AFL, low sport, producer, low bloke, works well. Uh, Manly playing against the Knights. Speaking of low things, the Knights were low last week. I'm sorry to Callan. I love you, but that your little Knights team, that yeah. was a turn up. Was it, was it a bad Knights team or on fire North Queensland Cowboys? You cannot put on fire yeah. and North Queensland Cowboys in the same sentence. The, they honestly, the Knights minutes, turned it up. 40 minutes, the first half. They were yeah. kicking out on the full. They no, were I'm mid-dropping the, I'm saying the Cowboys. Oh, the Cowboys were Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, they were like, right. Were they red hot? Not red hot. Yeah, I know. But, uh, so they were better games, than they so have So it comes been. back. So the Knights just been a little bit off. A little bit off? Yeah, <laughs> about 20% off, I reckon. 40. Went up there. You know, it's it's hard to go up to North Queensland, regardless of, of crowds and everything like that. I mean, it's it's a hot place and like it's cold down here and some players probably weren't used to it. Some players have to be a little bit off. That all it takes in Newcastle is to be their key players to be a little bit off. Pierce has to be off and Ponga and they're done. Yeah, they'll both they off. They are done. So they'll both off, so game over. Because and they kept dropping balls too. Yeah, like, like catch fun, the fun, ball. fundamentals. I mean, going up there, the weather is different. The ball is and slippery as hell, especially was it the five thirty game? Yeah, and that and it's and it's a weird time because the no, sun it was, was a day to three o'clock game. I think I can't remember. Was, I was it the pretty, first one on Saturday, Super Saturday? I was down at uh, I was actually down at a, uh, New Haven Park on the weekend, and I was drinking yeah, from very drunk. early on. So um, I think it was a five thirty game, but I'm, not, I'm mate, sure I, I could know. be wrong. Anyway, doesn't matter. The we- the weather's weird, so if it's hot all day, the, it gets dewy, and then that first you know that first sort of half of the ball is. Is so slippery, and then the second half it gets worse. Yeah, and then your jerseys are drenched for sweat, and it's just it could be one of those nights. And but everyone prepares for that. It's not like I'm saying some stuff that oh my god, really? Like if you're a player, you know what's going on. The the, the conditions could be awful. Get used to it. There's been a lot. There's a lot of senior players in Newcastle that should should know that, and their key players. Pierce's played up there about a hundred times. So Callum Pong has played his juniors there, and a lot of those guys. They're not rookies, man. They should have, they should have went up there and put them to bed. But you know they'll come back this this week against Manly. Manly, all right. Did you ever just get in a sauna and chuck the footy around? Just to prepare. That's what training was. Just Billy Johnson was the coach. Sauna. Just <laughs> nude sauna, and it was like twenty meter touch. Uh dogs. Your old Sorry, team. go back to Manly. All right, let's what go to Manly. What do you think Manly. about Manly? I think they looked very tired last week, which is fair enough after the bash-up they had the week before. Yeah. They had one of the greatest victories of all time against the Raiders. Yeah, we'll take it out um, of them. Cronulla's, and Cronulla's that rivalry game because they're, they're up for that. Regardless yeah. if it's a five-day turnaround, one-week turnaround, yeah, they, they were a little bit off. I they said that. Off. Like, Tom Trebojevic holds so much energy in that team. He's a lot of key. Like that, I think Ruben Garrick was a fullback. Yeah. There was a couple of times he just Brendan missed. He missed, well. he missed the gun. A couple of times, like when he was around the back, where Tom makes that pass look easy, he squares up around the back. He comes from that from the right side to the left side. It's like, it comes to Cherry Evans, and then Cherry Evans plays a block play, and then uh, Dylan Walker's there, and then he sort of comes up, throws that. He either picks long ball or short ball. The center usually goes through, or the winger scores a try, like Tafura, and it just, just wasn't happening. Curtis, Curtis Siren is the gun, underrated. He's my man. Very he is my man. If they're going to pick a state of origin right now. Curtis Sierra is my right side back row. Yeah, right. And cool. Corbin's and 
and Boyd corners the left side because he's a captain, he's a gun. Yeah. But I would put him there or I'd put him on the bench. He's good. I love him. Well, Radley's Smacking blokes. Smacking them. Well, speaking of smacking blokes, uh, the dogs. I don't know why I said smacking blokes because the dogs are terrible, but uh, South go, okay? So, anyway, mm. that's that game. Finishes the finishes the round off, doesn't it? Um, they finish it off at the six oh five Sunday game when everyone's watching the voice. Six thirty game, yuck! How good's I, the voice? I, can't, I couldn't play six thirty on a Sunday. I won't watch it. I'm watching the voice. I'm telling you now. You're gonna watch the voice? One hundred percent. I'm a team guy. It's got some good singer songwriters. Wow, you are a wanker. <laughs> um, what do you th- what do you think of the Bulldogs last week? What do you think of the Rabbits? Both losing sides. Uh, Look, I'm talking out of my back pocket with the Rabbits. I thought they were disappointing. I mean, I thought they would beat Penrith last week. Um, I, think, I, think I we, tipped them. You tipped Penrith. Yeah, we, Made me sick. Yeah, I did win, yeah. But, look, I don't know. I feel very sorry for the Bulldogs because they just you look at their team running out and I don't look at one roster in the NRL that their roster is better than. Yeah. Maybe you know, the, so the how do you win? I mean, the Titans and the Bulldogs are pretty much on par, but I'd pick, you know, Ash Taylor over the seven for the Bulldogs. Yeah, Wakeham. You know, like he's just out of his, he's out of his depth. He needs, he needs help. Yeah. Like he doesn't have that help. He doesn't have that forward help. He doesn't have just, yeah, it's just one of those, one they of those just years, don't look man. like scoring tries. Yeah, you know what I mean? This is one of the teams attack. that needed a preseason for these rule changes. Yeah. So did the Titans. So did, you know, Cronulla and all the, all the people that are sort of in the back the back eight, you know? So I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. Like I don't like bagging all their players or anything. I'm not going to be that ex player that hammers them, but they're just not playing really good football, you know? And I think it goes deeper than just the, the start in 17. I feel like, sorry for Dean Pay. So do I. He's inherited a shit show. And, and they'll probably – and honestly, they'll probably sack him yeah. before they get the money in and it's just a bit shit. But anyway, all right, let's go through our tips. William, the Storm against the Roosters. Roosters. I'm going – I really want to go to the Storm. Oh, go to the Storm then. No, have some balls. Put no. it out there. Roosters. I love them. Yeah, uh, Raiders, Dragons. Uh, Raiders. Raiders for me. Eels, Cowboys. Eels. Eels for me. Gold Coast, Sharks. Sharks. I'm going Sharks. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, Warriors, Broncos. Oh, God damn. Broncos. I'm going to get one last chance. No, and two of us are Sheks out too, so um, – Tigers, I'm going Broncos. Tigers, Panthers. This is this is going to be hard. I think the Panthers will win, but the Tigers have been playing some good football. They're a real tough, tough team. It's a man. typical Maguire. Maguire's so got them going, yeah. man. They're real gritty and they're yeah. I don't know. There was a little bit of a fucking um, that I picked up with uh, Noel Faluna and um, BJ Leilua. A little bit of a sting. On the field, on yeah. The field, yeah. yeah. Reynolds blasted him. Was just, I'm not sure. You, you, when you're in centre, usually best mates. Yeah. Usually best mates. But uh, yeah, they weren't on the same page. So I don't know. Maybe hopefully they can fix that up. I know BJ's a fiery person, very passionate. So is uh, Noel Faluna. So a couple of um, egos clash. So you're going Tigers or not? Nah, Panthers. Okay. Uh, Manly. Knights. Yeah, not you're going knots. Yeah, yeah, same. I can't bounce back. We're going the same thing every game. It'll show, yeah, because we're really smart. And we know we're what's going smart. on. Yep, dogs Souths. Ah, uh, Souths. You should pick the dogs. No. All right. Well, I'm picking Souths too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we pick exactly the same. We're exactly the same. Oh. We're both going to get eight out of eight. Is there eight of goals? Eight out of eight. 
That's what I was thinking last week, but you know what? I got five. Follow us. You know what's funny, Will? What is that? People, you're a big bloke. I stand next to you and people go, are you standing on a stool? I'm actually, for the record, I'm actually six foot four. You're six foot five. Yeah. Being big, it's it's a burden and a curse, Will. It is, mate. It is. Um, you get people coming up saying, who's the big you're not, dog? You're not that big, mate. You're not that big. I get that all the time. Oh, run you Other aspects of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do. I I used to get, I got that a lot. I still get it now. It's like, you're not that big. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I'm sorry. I'm only six sorry foot five. I'm only six foot five and 120 kilos. I'm fucking real sorry. I should be smaller. Oh, geez, you're all, you're fucking gigantic. I'm like, fuck, just, all right. I'm not like seven foot or six foot ten. But like it's one time, this brings me into like a little a little kangaroo tale. Um, I think we're in, we're in Vegas. So obviously at the end of some tour, I think it was about eight of us. Eight of us got a big marquee. We're in, we're in our encore pool party. Everyone's getting a bit loose. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. It's about October, I think. Oh, I'm not sure, but maybe October or something. Like that. It was it was, still, it was just right at the end of it, so it's not full spring break where a lot of fucking idiots are there. But it was still packed. You've there been to a, Vegas There was before. eight idiots. Oh, there was a lot. So we're in we're in a we're in a little marquee, and then there was a guy. There was a lot of I think these American like college players or whatever. I'm not sure what they were. Pretty big boys, and I, we're, you know we're not small ourselves, but they're very boisterous, they're very loud and shit, and like. We're, we're not like that, not that loud. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's what I was just thinking. Like, they were just playing little games and everything like that. And we had some, some big dudes and they're like, you know, yeah, man, what's going on, bro? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all, I'm all good. He goes, what do you, you play rugby and all this sort of shit? So, yeah, we're the, you know, we play like in Australia and they weren't pros, you know what I mean? You could tell. They just, they weren't, they were out of shape and whatever. But they were big dudes and they're like, I bet I can tackle you, man. I said, I bet you can't. I'll break your fucking shoulder. I said straight to his face. Cold, just cold, just cold. Just like, I'll break your shoulder. Seriously, just don't fuck with me. Pretty much like, yeah, no, 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 I'll get you, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not massive like a, fuck, you know, like a steroid, you know, user or anything like that. But I've played the game for like, what, over 15 years, pro. At that time, I was in my peak, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm going to break this. I'm not that sort of dude. I've been offered all the time. Just say, I've been at parties or whatever. I can tackle you. Shut up, man. You're in, I'm in Australia. I don't want to do that. Was this at a pool party? Yeah, you pool party. on call pool party. So Anyone knows your, you Vegas? You're in your speedos. Please. Board shots? Some boardies, <laughs> some okanuis. Um, anyway, so this guy just kept going. I'm like, dude, I think we're, we're well on our way, man. We're pretty fucked up. And I said, all right. So in Australia, I wouldn't do that because obviously people would like know me and everything. like. So he didn't know me at all. I said, all right, one opportunity you get to tackle me. So it was real, real closed environment. In these marquees, you can't fuck around. So I had to really like go, all right, well, I need to, I need to real fuck this dude up. He's pretty big, pretty solid. So I said, as long as I can tackle you after it, that's the kicker. That's the worst deal in the world he for goes, this Yeah, part. yeah. Or, you know, all this sort of shit getting loud. And this dude, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill this dude. So I told a few of the boys, I'm going to break this guy's fucking shoulder. Anyway, so I'll say, I won't move from here. And he's got this big run up to try and tell. I said, I won't move from here. I said, I bet you won't move me. So I'm pretty good at, like, just say, where you set your foot, where your footwork is, how easy, how quick you bend, all these sort of little variables that people really don't know, especially if you're fucked up. I'm like, okay, as soon as he ducks, as soon as he bends and ducks his head, I'm dropping a shoulder right on his head. <laughs> he dips so early. I'm like, oh, my God. So I just fucking dip both full weight, shoulder and elbow, right on the top of his fucking head. 
and shoulder and just broken straight on the ground. Oh. I said, get up, fuckhead. Stand there and let me tackle you. <laughs> and so he, he's like, oh, yeah, he's got all these mates. So, oh, yeah. so, so he, like, he, he comes. So he tried to run at me. So I'm talking. Like, it was only like a two, 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 three-meter sort of thing. There was drinks behind us. There was everything there. And by this time, everyone's sort of watching. And then so he runs. I just fucking go dip, bang, right, right time. Pick him so far up in the air. It was like a fucking rock bottom. <laughs> And slammed him so far and so hard into the ground. It was ridiculous. The dude was nearly out. I just sort of, I don't know, I just grabbed the beer, sculled one of his beers and threw it at him and said, thank you, mate. Can you and, imagine if that was in Australia? You'd yeah, be in jail. I know. And you know when you've seen these little things of like uh, Solomon and all these boys in, um, in Vegas hitting blokes and tackling them that? Yeah. Yeah. That was me times 1,000. <laughs> It's been lovely in the last little while for us to be able to read the reviews that have been put up on iTunes and Spotify and the things that you can get us. Thank you to Aussie Junior and to the RX Queen. We really appreciate all the things that you've said. Actually, I was approached on social media by David Griffiths who would like to know what your favourite movie is. What? Okay. I've got different genres. It was like comedy, action, 80s, 90s. You know, like all that sort of stuff. I think a lot of people do, but I reckon my my all-time favourite would be, oh, my God. I love everything. I, I, training Day. It's a good show. I love Training Day. I just love Training Day. Like I think what it's all about and like getting people getting hustled and cops being bad and just that whole influence and drugs and everything like bad cop, good cop, all that sort of, per, all that sort of thing. I, I love all that. And I love, I love that man on fire. His other one with Denzel when he's in Mexico. You're a big fan of Denzel. Washington. I fucking love him, man. He's one of the best actors, and he's so yeah. You know, some actors, you know, they do such a fucking great job. You think that you actually know him. You obviously don't know him. They're just actors. So yeah, he's that. He's that dude, man. I, I love Denzel. That man on fire was ridiculous. Well, there you go, Griffo. That's uh, that's for you. What and are yours? What's yours? My favorite movie, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it says a lot. The, card, the cardigan says a lot, doesn't it? Which one are you? No. <laughs> I think I'm Harry. <laughs> I'm <worried. laughs> I mean, I love comedies as well. I love Talladega. Anything to do with like Will, uh, Will Ferrell, all that sort of dudes. Funny Will dudes. Smith. Will Smith's good too. Thank you anyway for everyone who's reviewing. Thanks to the Romanians. We love you in Romania. I think and what we need to do is get some more people sliding into the, the DMs or on Facebook or I don't know where we are. We're, we're all over the place on social medias, but like, just like give us something so... Obviously, I think with Neds and, and, and the betting thing, and like, we need we need a club to give some money to. Like, it's a great cause. So just send in some videos to us via, you know, in uh, Instagram, in it, whatever. Get on the internet and just fucking do the take and send in a decent video, and we'll give you money at the end of the year for your club. All right, so get it going. And thank you to everyone who has been starting to follow us on Twitter. We throw a few tweets out during yeah. games and things. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. Keep an eye on the Instagram page. Keep an eye. Try as hard as we can to stay engaged. We do. I, I try to. I mean, people coming in, in, into the DM saying they, they love the show. Maybe you maybe should stop swearing. Maybe you should do this. I, sh- I actually read them and listen to them. So don't think I'm that sort of dude that slide past. Yeah, fuck off, whatever. But yeah, I should stop swearing. That was good. That was straight <laughs> off the bat. Most people slide into my DMs saying you should get your own yeah, show. I get, I get my DMs going, Willie's you should awful. stop swearing, Willie. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you soon. All right. I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie...
the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Who's fancy for you? You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 